You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Inks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner alongside Thomas Carinante. Garrett Cole is a Cy Young loser. Could the man he lost to join him in the Bronx? How's that for a radio tease? <laughs> Matt Olson is not a Yankee. It's Thursday afternoon. He's not on the team. We're going to address what went down there and try to bring people together by also breaking them further apart. Hal <laughs> Steinbrenner talked about Aaron Judge this week and his extension comments for what felt like the hundredth straight time were not exactly encouraging. We also heard about a shortstop budget and Thomas and I are going to be doing rapid fire 40 man move talk because they could go down at any moment. Although Brian Cashman does appear to be dead and stay tuned all the way to the end of the podcast, courtesy of McAllister's deli. I talked to the one, the only Nick Swisher. We're going to pop that on the end. If you guys want to listen to only the Nick Swisher portion of this podcast, then who'd blame you? I'll pop a time code in that description. You can go skip right ahead to Swish, who is not popping onto this live stream. You're not about to mm. see Nick Swisher. I, I shouldn't have said that because I feel like maybe some people would join at like the 45-minute mark, hoping to eyeball Swish. He, he looks great. He looks like he's in shape. I Googled his age yesterday because I was like, he looks great for a 45-year-old. He's 40. That means he was 29 when I was in college. That means I'm older than Nick Swisher was when I was in college. That's not a great feeling. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. Or a sub. Give us a sub on YouTube, too, please, because we're here every Monday and Thursday coming at you. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the pod. Nick Swisher yesterday called my ad read off-camera smooth as butter, and I've been vibing on that all I think he's right. Swish, I believe most things he say, very uh, most things he says, very cool guy, uh, down-to-earth. Very honest. Love his. I love him as a, a guest analyst. We've seen him so many times on TV. Uh, just brings the energy, and no wonder that he was a driving force in that 2009 World Series for the Yankees because how can you not be enjoying every day if Nick Swisher's in the locker room next to you, hanging out, having fun? Um, so, uh, folks, if you want to fast forward, like Adam said, go ahead. It's going to be fun uh, once this is fully recorded and you get to hear what he has to say. Um, but that's about the only thing I'm happy with today. Nick Swisher, that's great. Everything else, I'm pissed about. Yankees Twitter, it sucks. I hate it. Uh, award ceremonies in every capacity for MLB, hate it. Rumors, hate them all. Yankees, hate the Yankees. Still, I, I just, I, what, do I, what am I supposed to like here? I don't like any, now we've gone from all the rumors being in our favor, trending in the right direction to now, maybe, hey, maybe we're talking a smokescreen. Maybe the Yankees have something planned here where they're trying to zig when everybody else is zagging. Uh, figuring out a way to maneuver this offseason, which is going to be very difficult um, because they have so many needs. But um, I went from being thrilled. And guess what? Actually, I am happy about another thing. I'm happy we didn't get Justin Verlander because I didn't want to have to twist myself into a pretzel, having to root for that guy. Never liked Justin Verlander. Respect him, sure. Um, Did I want to spend $25 million for one year and a player option that he's probably going to reject if he has a somewhat good year? 
Not really. We don't know what's, what he was going to be able to do in an age 39 season coming off Tommy John. Let that be the Astros problem. I'm happy with it. Um, that being said, don't really know who else supplements the rotation of that caliber, but it's not my job. I don't make $5 million to oversee the Yankees. So somebody's got to figure it out. Nothing is done. It's Thursday, November 18th. Nothing is done. I don't understand. But let's start with Cole. Because for- we're going to start with Cole. This is not going to be a happy podcast, no. and it won't be until Swisher's going to come on and make you all feel good eventually. Yeah. But from now, like at the, from the beginning to the end, we're pretty much angry about everything because there are things that we shrugged off over the last couple of days. We've done a lot of mental gymnastics trying to pretend stuff doesn't matter when it clearly does. If a report is confirmation bias or something we like, we're pumped about it. If it's confirmation bias or something we hate, we try to pretend it's not there, but it's become harder and harder to ignore those things. So we're going to go from Garrett Cole into the shortstop rumor, into the Matt Olson talk, I think. That, that's yeah. where yeah. I'm vibing. Sure. That's sort of the feeling. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the room out. Um, so Garrett Cole lost to Cy Young on, uh, on Wednesday night officially. We knew he wasn't going to win it because it's a narrative award. They always are. Everybody talked about Robbie Ray this year because he was better than he's ever been. But he's not that great. And Garrett Cole, if you take out the last month of the season when he had a hamstring injury that was clearly better than Robbie Ray all year long, he was the best pitcher in the American League, is on the best team in the AL East at the early portion of August until everything uh, slipped and he was no longer any of those things. Saw a rumor today that he he got his hamstring issue in July. I don't know what that means. And I don't know why people keep leaking things about Garrett Cole all year long when he was clearly a bona fide ace until the hamstring thing really put him over the top and snapped on September 7th. That being said, I now have to defend Cy Young loser Garrett Cole for not showing up to the Cy Young ceremony. He's the only one of the three finalists to not go. He had underlying numbers that were better than Ray's. And if you went by the FIP alone, he's going to win the award. But Ray had more Ks. Ray had a better ERA. And Ray had the narrative. People are going to look for any excuse not to give this award to a Yankee. So we knew he wasn't going to win. He knew he wasn't going to win, and he didn't even show up. And so now you've got Jared Carabas doing things like, oh, Garrett Cole, like the biggest clown shoe in baseball. He evaded the spider tack questions, and he got worse when he lost the tack, and he blew up in the wildcard game, and he didn't go to the award ceremony like a sore loser. And you know what? All true. He's still an ace, but all that sucks, and now I have to defend all that stuff. Um, and, and the other important caveat here is that, Robbie Ray, uh, this was Robbie Ray's year, right? Yeah. He, he wins the belt for Cy Young. Congrats to Robbie Ray. Uh, he's the award winner. This is probably a career year for Robbie Ray. It's an obvious career year, I would say, in terms of someone who is not going to get better once he is paid. And, and whoever pays for his next contract is going to be really holding on for dear life there, hoping he can at least somewhat replicate the Cy Young form for a year or two. It's also worth mentioning that Cole collapsed down the stretch, blah, blah, blah. So did Robbie Ray. Yeah. Uh, if he wins that starting against the Yankees during the last week of the season, the Jays are in the playoffs. It ended up being a one-game difference. So if he pitches better in that one, literal one game, the Toronto Blue Jays are in the wildcard game instead of the New York Yankees. All that said, I'm going to drop this two-parter on your shoulders. One, are you tired of defending these little Garrett Cole nudges, like the ditching of the award ceremony and stuff? Like, he was the rightful loser and he didn't show up. And it kind of bums me out that I have to defend that. So are you tired of defending these little coal things? And two, we saw a report today saying that the Yankees are considering spending less on a shortstop and diverting that money to a number two starter. Now there's no number two starter out there other than Robbie Ray. So are the Yankees really not going to pursue a shortstop because of the man Garrett Cole just lost to Cy Young too? For defending him, I don't. I don't feel I have to defend him, and I don't want to defend him. I like players on my team. I have. Uh, I support. You know, everybody. It's getting harder. I will say to have to stand in Garrett Cole's corner. He's certainly not uh, of the A Rod uh, variety, but um, you know, you have a guy who, you know, that answer to Spider Tech was embarrassing. Just, I mean, that it it just was. Um, it was. You have. Uh, you have not a be, look. Maybe he was dealing with something that we don't know that prevented him from showing up from uh, showing up to the award ceremony, which would totally be okay. But like, if there is, say something so you're not exposing yourself to the Jared Carabases of the world because that's the shit I'm done listening to. You know, so these Red Sox fans who think they know better than everything than everybody else, or who. Um, who, who will then say, oh, now you're talking, you're telling me, 
uh, oh, you have rings over us, blah, blah, blah. Those rings don't count. And then it's like, okay, yeah, we made it further than the playoffs and you guys this year were better than you. It's like, but you didn't win anything. So where, what are you bragging about? You got to the ALCS and lost. Cool. You went, you beat us. You got there. You didn't finish the ultimate goal. So joined us on the couch, just like the rest, just like the rest of the league. So that's the one thing that I'm sick of is just having to tell Red Sox fans to shut up because I'm sick of hearing their shit. But um, for Garrett Cole, like, I don't feel there's anything to defend him with. If he was injured down the stretch and heading into the wild card game, I had my opinion on this. I put it out there. Shouldn't have pitched. Yankees had plenty of pitchers. Yankees had a strong bullpen. They could have got through the Red Sox game. I think maybe um, without him being a liability out there and, and pitching on a hobbled hamstring. Um, And uh, he, and the spider tech stuff, you want to talk about what, if somebody asks you that in real time, you should just be programmed to say, no, you didn't use it. Or yeah, I did use it. I didn't know it was illegal. And then I stopped using it. And then I started using something else, but you know, not using anything now is, is really difficult because I have been using some sort of substance my entire career, just like all of my colleagues do no answer whatsoever. And then not showing up to this thing. Bad luck. My thing is, is I don't want to have to be defending the highest paid players on the team who are supposed to be representing and, and be providing an example for the rest of the team. Um, especially team leaders who are supposed to be Garrett Cole. But then you have the leaks about all this other nonsense where the Yankees are trying to, like you said, they're whining about paying all this money, or then you get the Cole Gardner leak where it shows that Cole is clearly not, Cole might be a a baby. I don't know. Is it true? I don't know. I don't know if it's true. Garrett Cole, I'm not calling you a baby. I'm saying that if that story is true, you'd probably be labeled as a baby because Brett Gardner is just well-known jokester, always pulling stuff like that. So, I don't know. I don't want to defend it. I'm not defending it. I don't think the behavior is that of, of an exemplary individual um, who makes $36 million a year on the largest starting pitching contract of all time. And it does go back to my feeling about the Yankees outbid themselves for Cole, who I didn't think was worth $324 million. So until he proves me wrong, I guess, um, for a season start to finish, I won't feel this way, but I don't care. And secondly, uh, redirecting the shortstop money to a number two starter. Like you said, not sure who it's going to. I, uh, Robbie Ray, you want to pay for that? Kevin Gossman, you want to pay for that? Robbie Ray, did, Robbie Ray had, Robbie Ray won the Cy Young. I don't think the voting was lopsided. I really don't. I know some Yankee fans feel that way. Um, Ray led the league in innings pitched, uh, starts, ERA, uh, whip, ERA plus. All the things that kind of mattered, I understand FIP and strikeout to walk ratio um, are considerable, um, but Garrett Cole, whether, whether it was the injury holding him back or not, didn't do enough to get to win the award. 29 of 30 first place votes is certainly hefty. Um, I do think Ray deserved it, um, but I don't want to pay for it. It's the, you're right. It's, it's the definition of a career year. It's the definition of, oh, perfect timing. He was smart to bet on himself for the one year. And get that, uh, and and get the bounce back season after his bad 2020. Just like Corbin Burns, horrible 2020 bounce back Cy Young, Cy Young winner. Anything can really happen. But if we're talking to investing another load of money in a pitcher who's turning 30 next year is Robbie Ray's age 30 season. He's not a bona fide number two. Way too inconsistent throughout throughout his career to even consider that. At this point, you got to be looking on the trade market, and then, but, but then, what are you spending the money on? You're just pocketing, saving the money. Are you waiting for an Aaron Judge extension? I, what do you, someone just just tell me what you're doing because these rumors don't make sense. Whatever is leaking now after everything that we've heard for the past couple of weeks. Um, so I just want to know what's going on because you're not paying for a number two starter, not in this market, unless unless you're paying for a co ace and you're giving Max Scherzer two years, eighty million dollars, which I'm fine with. We'd be on board yeah. with that. We've been crying about Max Scherzer for seven years now, eight years now. So, hey, if you're going to do that, great. That's the only number two starter that makes sense to save money on uh, spending for a shortstop, right? Yeah, that is that is the only thing I'm fine with. Scherzer, Marte, Olsen, cheapo shortstop. Sure. Great. Done. That That's an offseason. Um, but if you are, yeah, if I, I couldn't even tell if the number two starter leak was was given to Clappish before the Verlander yeah. news dropped, that like they were trying to be like, hey, if we get Verlander, maybe we don't even pay for a shortstop. You never know. In in which case, like you can follow that thread. I, I would rather have a shortstop than Justin Verlander, but it wouldn't be like the craziest no. thing to follow if it's like, all right, we're saving money on the shortstop because we just got the Cy Young winner from 2019. I understand. 
Um, but the Daily News report that dropped on Wednesday night is really, it's the kind of thing that makes you want to throw furniture, not out a window, but through, through a window, directly through glass. Um, rev yourself up, get enough strength, like get a good run going and really huck a big old chair through a glass window. Because, you know, I, I love Anthony Volpe as much as the next guy. I think I love Oswald Peraza. I've never really seen him. Uh, those guys seem great. Volpe seems to have all the intangibles in the world. I tell you what, if you love him this much, enough to jeopardize a year or two of Garrett Cole's prime by not signing one of the five all-star shortstops who's currently on the market, MVP finalists, superstar names, if you love Anthony Volpe that much and not do that, start Anthony Volpe on opening day 2022. I dare you. I dare you. If you like him that much, start him on opening day because that is the only justifiable reason not to get one of these shortstops who I hope Anthony Volpe doesn't bust. I hope Oswald Peraza doesn't bust. I hope the Yankees have an all-star young player at both short and second and let Labor Torres walk and move Corey Seager or Marcus Simeon to a different position or whatnot or make Correa play third. I don't care. But you know what you do? You work that out when the time comes. You get good players now and ask questions later. You don't sign Garrett Cole as the lone anchor during this weird middling period. Like Cole and Stanton, and that's it right now. That's not enough to win a championship, but it's enough to bog down your budget. So if it's going to weigh down your budget, add a third piece and try to win the goddamn World Series. It's, it's that simple. I believe in Anthony Volpe too. I think from afar, I would love for him to be my starting shortstop in 2024. He seems to have it. That's great. I want it, but he's not ready now. If you think he is, then start him. But if he's not ready now, then you need to sign a shortstop. And so the idea that we got a daily news report saying the Yankees are not going to be playing in the deep end of the pool. First off, we don't really know what that means. It might just mean no Correa, no Seager. And it might be trying to build up the, you know, you, you read it and you think leverage and you start thinking about Semyon and you start thinking about story and then your brain goes to a dark place and you start thinking about Andrelton Simmons and Freddie Galvis and Jose Iglesias. Um, so you read that and that's where your mind goes. And, and that's that's all fine and dandy. But the next, you start thinking about leverage. You think an agent leaked this. You think the Yankees leaked this to try to bring down the price try to you know if the Yankees aren't involved maybe the Dodgers aren't bidding so high and then maybe the Yankees can swoop in and just do 250 mil for Seager what I I don't know but then you start to read the number two starter thing on on Thursday morning that they're actually like they have a plan for diverting the funds and and it's like okay so this might be real maybe the Yankees aren't going to spend on a shortstop as we've all been promised John Heyman saying Corey Seager was down to the Yankees and Dodgers was two days ago And now suddenly we're getting this money diversion report and all that. So maybe it's just warring camps. But when you see the number two starter idea attached, it becomes bothersome because who is that? If it's not Max Scherzer, I don't want him. And I definitely don't want him stealing my shortstop's money because we know Matt Blake can turn anybody into a three. So I don't want to sign Robbie Ray for $120 million coming off a career year. And that bothers the judge extension and that rubs against everything. And I don't want to sign Robbie Ray for $120 million. I don't want to sign Kevin Gossman for $70 million who wasn't active by the time the playoffs rolled around. He was like a five and fly guy. The Giants were going to the bullpen. He couldn't go through a lineup three times. That's not a number two. So Verlander was a number two. Scherzer's a number two because he's a number one. And so if you're going to pay him, then fine. $80 million. Don't pay a shortstop. Pay Starling Marte. Pay Matt Olson. You don't have to pay Matt Olson, but pay Matt Olson's rising arbitration costs, extend judge, whatever. But if you think the number twos are are Ray and John Gray and Carlos Rodon, then you have no reason to be paying those people instead of paying a shortstop. Just pay. And here's here's another hypothetical, because we're not once again, I don't care what they spend. They care what they spend. And they're going to create financial restraints based on previous financial commitments. So what are we to do about that? I can't really do much. I wish I had more money. I'd try to help out. Um, But if you're looking at them not wanting to uh, commit long-term to a shortstop, those were the two reports that we saw. They don't want to spend in in the 300 million range. Great. Here's a question for Scott Boris. You there, dude? Um, Does Corey Seager or I I forget who uh, represents Carlos Correa, Nonetheless, do either one of those who I think it's me. Oh, yeah. I think it's okay. Me. So good. You're here. If we get Boris in the chat, works out mm-hmm. perfectly. Do either of those guys reject a two year, one hundred million dollar deal? I'm I'm just asking. Do you reject that? Then you can enter free agency again before you're 30 years old and you're guaranteed fifty million dollars each year for the next two years. 
if the Yankees don't want to spend and keep bogging down the books because they have Cole through what? 2027, 2026. They have Giancarlo Stanton through 2027. They have Aaron Hicks for another four years that we don't know what that's going to happen with that. What's going to happen with that deal. They have DJ LeMahieu for another five years after this. We don't know what's going to happen with that. If they do want to extend Aaron judge, which we will get to in a second, that's going to be another 200, probably at least, at least $175 million. And I think that that's being too kind. Um, and then you have, and then you have maybe you maybe you import an Olson and he makes a good impression and you want to extend him. So you're looking at a lot of financial commitments here. So why would one of these guys who are the two youngest shortstops on the market at 26 and 27 or going into 20 age 27 or age 28 seasons take a gigantic short term deal, which we saw the Dodgers do this past offseason? and then re-enter free agency again and use that as a bargaining chip if you're a World Series champion with the Yankees or you have a tremendous year because you're playing, you're Corey Seager, you're a lefty, you're playing in Yankee Stadium with the short porch to your right. So I don't know. That's another solution for the Yankees. You splurge for Max Scherzer, but I don't know if he wants to play here. So that's another problem that we're going to probably run into. Um, And if they don't, and depending on what they want to do with the number two starter, say they want to pay Robbie Ray. Okay, great. Give him a hundred million, but then, you got to do something else. And if it's not giving $300 million to a shortstop, maybe it's paying a shitload in the front for somebody for two years and then not having to be bogged down by, you know, seven more years of whatever, because you think these shortstop prospects are going to be the next best thing. So food for thought. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for Sports Stuff You Definitely Could Not Do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play-calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Yep, we're going to transition to the Olsen stuff real quick. I'm going to bring up Frank's comment. Frank Frank. uh, got us a comment on the live stream, and so I do want to answer this real quick. A hypothetical cue, it's a self-imposed budget. Of course, we will go with it. Would you rather spend 300 mil on one of Correa or Seager or on Story Mm -hmm. and Marte? Um, The the only thing, I would rather have have Correa than Story and Marte. I would rather have Story and Marte Mm -hmm. than Seager. I don't know, actually. I would probably, I'd probably do the two-for-one over both of them uh, just because... Uh, it it gives the Yankees another need, center field and shortstop. Story's a very good shortstop. Like, you know, we have headliners in this class where it's devaluing yeah. guys who are very good, um, which I get because you want the best. You're the Yankees. You want to sign the best guys. That's 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 what you need to win a World Series. Um, I'm totally content with Trevor Story taking over shortstop. Tremendous athlete, add speed. And those two guys in Story and Marte add the elements of speed on the base paths, tremendous defense that the Yankees don't have right now, whereas Correa and Seager, they do that on some level, and they're, they might not be able to do that at their primary position in two, three years, in three, four years' time. Yeah, I definitely think we're undervaluing. Uh, thanks for the question, Frank. Frank. I think we're undervaluing Story right now because – uh, I don't know. I saw a bunch of Yankees Twitter people being like, yo, his elbows pulled pork. What does that mean? You're, you're all children. You don't know anything about the inner workings of Trevor Story's elbow. Um, he probably should have been a Yankee at last year's deadline, quite frankly, and the Rockies couldn't get their act together. So I, I could be sold on Story. I could be sold on Simeon. I could even be sold on Javier Baez, though I don't want to be. He he seems like a perfect Red Sox, and he, he probably will be. So you're going to have to watch a lot of him anyway. Um, that's my thought. Let's transition to the medals and thing, the main event. Uh, this is so we're not going to do that much on this, but we just we just got we just got to mention it. We just we just simply have to mention it. Um, a lot of people bid on the idea that Matt Olson was going to be a New York Yankee. Not not just this off season, but on Tuesday afternoon ahead of his wedding, uh, which is this weekend. Apparently, congrats to the Olsons, happy couple. Um, I still think. Olsen is a good fit for the Yankees and a likely fit before this offseason is over. It still seems like the most likely trade partner, but that's why it was such an insidious grift to claim that it was coming on Tuesday because everybody knows Matt Olsen is a Yankees fit. And these takes are free, by the way. You don't have to subscribe to the Patreon to get this. Matt Olsen's a fit for the Yankees because they need a left-handed hitting first baseman and they have prospects to burn on the 40-man roster. Bow, I just did the homework for you. There you go. I, I did one plus one equals two and, and came. The only thing I didn't give you was a package, but you know who is 
in the package, Peraza and Luke Voigt, the most obvious two people who could possibly really? be in the trade package. So uh, a lot of folks uh, paid a, a small man's Patreon this week to learn more about the Matt Olson trade that was coming within two hours on Tuesday and had reached the stage of physicals. Uh, it it did not happen. And, and I would also like to say that the man who convinced a lot of Yankees Twitter that that trade was going down on Tuesday uh, once called the Yanks Go Yard Twitter account cancer because it said the Yankees were going to get swept at Fenway Park. They ended up losing three out of four games, which is pretty close to a sweep. I didn't want it to happen either, but it did. Um, so if I'm cancer, if our Twitter account is cancer, uh, for saying the Yankees weren't going to do well, then then what is it to mislead an entire fan base and, and take their money and claiming that a Matt Olson trade is coming around the pike? Thomas, I still think he's going to yeah. be a Yankee, but it has nothing to do. No, with I mean, this. and like I like I've said a million times. Well, first of all, I'm most disappointed in humanity at this point, and Yankee Yankees Twitter. Mm-hmm. Humanity, man. What are you doing? (laughs) Humanity, line one. Uh, If we can just call Yankees Twitter, you know, a representation of humanity, um, it's a cesspool. You guys come after me. I don't care. All like, I don't understand how some of these people have thousands of followers. Um, They don't say anything. Um, Their Twitter bios are Yankees, Giants, Rangers. This is what I love. This is what I do. That's the turtle. These are the people you're following. They're, they're retweeting nothing. They're, uh, Oh, here's what I'm eating. That's great. Oh, cool, dude. Um, So the fact that this person for doing this got this much attention because Brian Hoke kind of put it in a body bag. Lindsay Adler put it in a body bag Two esteemed insiders, MLB.com and the athletic who you should be following. Those are the people you should be listening to Jack Curry of the yes network. He didn't say anything, but that's Mr. Yankee. Whenever he's talking about trade deadline stuff, whenever he's talking about offseason stuff, Jack Curry knows what he's talking about. So, guys, it's fun to predict. It's fun to prognosticate. It's fun to estimate, guess. But to think that, but to take the low, the low hanging fruit here is oh, obvious trade candidate. Matt Olson could fit with the Yankees. The A's are having a fire sale. The Yankees have pieces that you can trade to the A's for Matt Olson. Wow. That's great. Guess what the deadline is? It's Friday because they have to get rid of 40-man spots. So you and I could sit here and say, hey, you know, before the deadline on Friday, we're going to have a Matt Olson deal. Here's what the package is going to look like. We could probably get close to it. We got close to uh, the Joey Gallo deal. And we did three packages for Joey Gallo that would make the most sense. We were we were two prospects off, and a, and but uh, they were like uh, they were of similar positions. It was just matter of taste for the Rangers, and it was matter of getting rid of 40-man guys. So – you can be in the ballpark. It, it doesn't take rocket science if you're following the Yankees. Just like make sure you're following the right people who are talking about this and make sure that those people you're following aren't spewing it as something that is fact or is going to happen without any reputable sources because this person had no reputable sources. We know that for a fact based on some of the stuff that we funny stuff we saw on Twitter. We're not going to get into it. You guys can research it yourself. All I'm saying is just you know have a shred is. of yeah. dignity and don't just go for the coolest thing that you see on Twitter because it fits your belief system or it fits like, oh, my God, the Yankees are going to be good now. They're going to get Matt Olson. They're giving up these guys. Austin Wells, was it him or his family? They got fooled by the package. Mm-hmm. So, like, that, we can't be doing that. This is, Austin you know, this Wells, is – Austin Wells was playing in a game when yeah, all he was playing in a game. Down. Like, how, how stupid are we? Guys, this isn't 2016 Facebook, like – this isn't Cambridge Analytics. Like we're not doing this. Let's just let's let's follow the people you need to follow. If you don't like us, that's fine. Don't follow us, but we're not here telling you what's going to happen. We're estimating what we think might happen or what we want to happen, which is a totally different story. So, you come to us for the commentary, you come to us for the takes. You're not coming to us for news. You're not doing that. So, go to Jack Curry, Brian Hoke, Lindsey Adler, the, the whole uh, Sweeney Murty, the whole lot go WFAN. They have some inside stuff, whatever it is. Don't go to random Yankees Twitter for b- fake BS rumors that are fulfilling whatever you want to be true in your head. And if you don't want Yankees pessimism during a series where the Yankees are blowing ninth inning leads at Fenway Park and letting the division slip out of their grasp, then again, you don't have to follow either. If you want to be relentlessly positive all summer long as bad things are happening. Um, this same person that same week said, you know, he hates us because we're negative and we're never going to get any consequences coming to us. If, if the, if the series turns out differently, there will never be any consequences. And you're right. There probably won't be any consequences for saying the Yankees are going to lose. And then if they win, Oh no, I've been arrested. I'm in the stocks now. 
but there are consequences <laughs> for misleading an entire fan base and convincing a player who's about to get Ooh. traded to Oakland. There are consequences for that. In my opinion, that is much worse than feeling bad about the Yankees after Chad Green has just blown a two-run, two-out lead. My body was shaking. It was, yeah, it was I hated bad. that. It was really, really bad. And luckily, phew, there were no consequences for, for tweeting bad things about the Yankees. Um, but there are consequences for lying about trades. So we'll see y'all if Matt Olson uh, does become a Yankee on the other side of his wedding or ahead of the 40-man the deadline. And, and I am refreshing constantly because it does seem quite likely it's something's got to happen. Something has to what happen. What kind of rumor is that? They don't want they don't want to interrupt and what what they're going to deliver the news while he's saying I do. The officiant is Brian Cashman. <laughs> so it could get really awkward. I don't know. Uh, they want to get this done early so it doesn't interrupt the if the wedding ceremony is this weekend the deadline's Friday. So it's not going to interrupt anything. He's just going to know on Friday. I'm sure that's yeah. not going to upend his life. They'll figure out where to move in a couple weeks. Get married, have fun. It's a two-day thing. I'm worried about his wedding. I'm worried it's not going to be a fun time. Yeah. I'm definitely freaking out. Uh, because if Matt Olson starts off his Yankees career with a bad wedding, then that's a, it's a terrible omen. Uh, yeah. yeah. Stay tuned. Stick around. I mean, the fact that we have not even gotten a whisper from Brian Cashman in, obviously he works in silence like lasagna, but the fact that we have nothing, the deadline for the 40 man is 8 p.m. on Friday, FYI. And uh, it's we're, we're rapidly approaching. It's 2.30 p.m. on Thursday. We need to get rid of four people, five people. A lot yeah. of people. Lot of Somebody got to go. And, and nobody has moved yet. We, we, in fact, not only have not removed people from the 40-man, we have added people. We added Joely Rodriguez. So the problem got worse and not better. We don't have that much time left. We're going to end this with a rapid-fire 40-man talk. But let's talk how Steinbrenner's comments on Aaron Judge real quick because I know you care about this. Everybody in the know who has been on this from the beginning <sighs> – David Cohn said, like, this, this Yankees offseason doesn't begin until they take care of Aaron Judge. Smart thing to say because he's got one year left before free agency. He's in the Mookie bet spot. So either mm-hmm. you cheap out and trade him, embarrassing, probably don't do that, or sign him to a contract that, look, look at me in the eyes, it's going to be unpalatable by the end of the deal. Year five, Aaron Judge, not going to be great. Year eight, Aaron Judge, could be really dark times. But that shouldn't prevent you from taking care of your captain. Uh, the Yankees signed Derek Jeter like four years past his effective expiration date. Back in the day, they didn't want to, but they did anyway. David Cohn said, this offseason begins with Judge. What are your intentions here? Do you care about him long-term? He keeps saying he wants to be a Yankee for life. Do you want him to be a Yankee for life? What are you going to do? Hal Steinbrenner was asked this week about this again. And again, he sort of just said, I'd like to direct those comments elsewhere. It did not make any of us more confident. It's like, it, what What was it, Thomas? Nothing formal was open. So, like, was, where yeah. are you on this? I mean, that's that's insane. I, yeah, I just don't get it. It's not, it's, he called him one of the faces of the franchise, said he's willing to discuss an extension, but nothing formal has happened yet. So I understand that they probably wanted to see this entire 2021 season through because you have to – you need more proof of Aaron judge playing a fully healthy season. We know what he's capable of, but if he can't stay on the field, then, then you can't pay him. So he does what he had to do played in 148 games this year. Um, the only time he missed was due to rest, which everybody needs, especially a, a man of his stature and the effort that he brings to the table every single night needs some rest. That's great. So he gets through, gets through the season was the most consistent player on the team. Not even close. You're not going to convince me of anybody else who was more consistent. Um, he, he, his postseason track record. Yeah. You'll look at the two thirty average. Okay. Not great, but 11 homers and 22 RBI and 35 career postseason games. Like he's clearly been a driving force in some capacity for the Yankees in the postseason. So the value is there for that. He is a gold glove, right fielder, regardless of if the award says he is or not. Um, and like you said, multiple times, right when the season ended and then a couple weeks ago, or actually last week, um, said that he wanted to be a Yankee for life. So I don't mm-hmm. know what the holdup is here. If you want to, the crazy part is, is that if they're waiting to pay other people before Aaron Judge, that's sending the wrong message in just about every single possible way you can. You're going to take care of outsiders first before you're taking care of somebody who is clearly a cornerstone of your franchise. Um, so the commentary here is what bothers me because how is there nothing formal? How is there not more of kind of a praise or, or um, you know, admiration for this guy for what he was able to do? I understand the end result is not what you wanted. It's not what anybody wanted. But Aaron Judge is probably a top 10 player, arguably top five, if he's playing fully yeah. healthy and he's firing on all cylinders. 
I'm not going to sit here and rank who's ahead of him or who he might be ahead of, but it's a conversation to be had. We could sit here and debate it for hours. Um, So I don't know why you would risk that person heading into free agency. We just saw what that likely did to the Astros with Correa. It's bad business. And then the Yankees have the recent history of offering these extensions to players who don't really deserve it. Like Aaron Hicks had one good year and then was great in his part-time duties as he was injured, but that didn't warrant a seven-year extension. And you want to talk about seeing out potential Severino. Great. There was a ton of upside with him, but just let him play out the arb years maybe instead of locking yourself into millions of dollars for four years. Like, I was happy with that deal. I'll be the first one to say, I thought it was a shrewd deal and it was, but injuries didn't go the way that it needed to. And it was just a, it was just a financial commitment. The Yankees did not need to lock themselves into because injuries happen, especially with pitchers and you don't need to, Oh, let's buy out the RB years. Now when you have three years left, it's like, no dude, just let it play out. Like it'll be fine. And now look, they wasted what three, three years of it. He didn't, he pitched, or did no, he pitched in 2019. He didn't pitch in uh barely, oh no, he, he barely he pitched, pitched in 2019. He, he pitched like six games in 2019, didn't pitch at all in 2020, and then was a reliever this year for the last five weeks. So yeah, look how that panned out. You commit a lot of money when you don't need to. Now you can commit money where you kind of need to, because I think free agents coming in would like to know, hey, is you know, who's here beyond Stanton and Cole? Because you you're talking about before, which I totally agree with, wasting Gar- Garrett Cole's prime. And that is on the table. The Yankees would be wasting Garrett Cole's prime, but guess what? You're wasting Giancarlo Stanton's little window that he has left to keep destroying baseballs and staying healthy. And you're leaving this one year of judge up in the air. And I don't know what game you're playing because if he has a good 2022, then the price is going up. And then you're finding yourself in a bit more of a precarious situation with sinking money to a guy who's on the wrong side of 30, or it's sending the wrong message in general or he performs badly and then what somebody else picks him up in the off season, or you just are pumping your fist because you were right. Cause he didn't have the year that you thought he would. And now you can get him at a discount. It all goes there. There's no real good outcome with this. So that's why I'm frustrated with it. And that's why none of the, that's, that's why the Yankees not having the Yankees don't have their priorities in order. That's, that's what I think based on what we're hearing. And that's my biggest problem with everything. They, they're the richest organization in baseball, top two or three in sports. And they constantly just don't really have answers or explanations for anything. And that's why it's frustrating because what am I doing? Why am I, why am I here rooting for you? I don't know. Yeah. You're not rooting for me. Um, we're going to talk 40 man rapid fire real quick. Uh, one more comment in the super chat. Rally Perez. Ooh, who's your Rally. number one target. Who's your number one target for the Yankees to sign this offseason? Just real quick. Um, uh, for me, uh, uh, sure, sir. Yeah, it's it's Max Scherzer. Yeah, I think Scherzer for both of us. Uh, it's um, Scherzer for both of us because you get, I mean, like I said a million times, one of these four shortstops, I'm fine with it. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah, not one of those five. You, you won't add Baez. You're not fine with Baez. Oh yeah, I'm fine with Baez. So yeah, make it five. I'm just not, I'm, I'm not considering Marcus Simeon a shortstop. That's my problem. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll but do no it. Galvis, no Galvis, no Simeon, no Galvis, no, no one year stopgap. That sucks unless you're making, you know. Unless you're doing Scherzer, Marte, and Olsen, then yeah, sure, go ahead. It's Scherzer, Marte for me, or one, two, honestly. Yeah. And then whatever, again, whatever shortstop you slide in there is fine as long as it's a guy. Um, and so let's talk about the 40-man thing real quick just because um, the, I honestly keep refre- – I, I mean, I refresh Twitter because that's just what my hand does in its spare time. Yeah. But I'm also refreshing because uh, it's – we said this earlier. It's a joke. Nothing is happening. Things have to happen. We're running, we're running out of time. And if Brian Cashman wants to maximize his assets – you know when he shouldn't make a trade? 7.45 p.m. before the 8 o'clock deadline when everyone on earth knows you have to ditch 40-man pieces. The Matt Olson trade that we've all been talking about honestly would not get rid of enough 40-man pieces for me. It's, no. you know, you're trading Peraza and you're trading Voight and you're probably trading teens below that. Uh, yeah. Pereira, who's someone you need to protect but doesn't get anybody off the 40-man has been in these talks and uh, you know, some of the you know, Waldachuk's not on the 40 man. He's not eligible yet. Like these other pitching, pro- unless it's Louis heel, you're not getting anybody off the 40, unless you're trading Miguel and Duhar yeah. as the ninth piece in a trade or, or Frazier, you're not getting anybody off. So here's my, I mean, Cashman does move in silence. We know this. We know he has to get rid of pieces. We talked about this. Yoendris Gomez is still on the 40 man roster. Nobody has seen him in years. I don't know who that is. Uh, like I do, only tangentially. They've been betting on his potential forever. We've never seen him. Domingo Herman is also here, and if they don't trade him now, he's going to end up in the rotation this year, which is something that you cannot do 
if you're a self-serious team trying to win the division. He's he's fine. He's going to give you three great starts, five good ones, and a lot of bad. He's for somebody. He's for the Marlins. He's for the rebuilding Cubs. He's not for us. So I have this fantasy that we're going to be trading Gomez and Herman for either a bench piece like Ian Happ, like someone we've talked about in the past, a rotating fourth outfielder, and you'd add, obviously, another prospect there in the Yankees. If it's somebody as big as Happ, you would add another protection guy like a Josh Bro or an Antonio Gomez or somebody else. He's not the one who actually needs protection. It's the outfielder. who's eh, Whatever. Um, but yeah, Pereira needs protecting. There, I'm, I'm thinking of the catcher, Antonio Gomez, but there's also an outfielder with a similar name who needs to be protected. Okay. What well, Randy Vasquez doesn't have to be protected, by the way. That's a good one. That's a big one. Exhale. Um, maybe you trade Steven Ridings in that deal. But I, I foresee Yoendris Gomez and Herman leaving very shortly in exchange for either an Ian Happ type or two young lottery tickets, like two absolute A-ball guys. And Luke Voigt, too, frankly, I think is a is a candidate to be Jake Cave style traded for an A-ball dude who eventually turns out to be Luis Heel. I trust Brian Cashman on these young lottery tickets. But, man, the 2020 home run leader just being traded for some children is some Chicago Cubs shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree with any of that. And, like, some of it just has to happen. Voigt, unless they've had overarching conversations with Luke Voigt saying, we are sorry and you know, he just has unlimited edible arrangements being sent to his house this offseason. I don't see a scenario where he's starting first baseman next year. And he's no. certainly not going to accept a part-time bench role or whatever whatever they had in mind for him down the stretch, which was the worst executed thing you could ever imagine. Um, but for me, the easiest dead weight is in front of you, dude. Nick Nelson, goodbye. Non-tender, Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier, see ya. And look, I'm not saying cut Zach Britton because um, Talking Yanks was actually good enough to mention this because uh, I was just saying, why isn't Zach Britton cut yet? It makes total sense. Zach Britton is on the verge of accruing his 10 and 5 rights, which uh, which are important for people who have established a decorated career in Major League Baseball. And they said that the gesture might be to keep him on the roster. So he accrues the rights and then he's good. So I get it. But hey, maybe... Figure out a trade with Zach Britton. I don't know what other team would be against eating $14 million and getting some prospects with them. You could even attach some of the guys that you were mentioning before who need to be protected, who might not be able to be protected. And then guess what? $14 million more dollars. That's maybe a year of what Marte is going to command. So you kind of just make year one a wash. Or you could spend more on another pitcher if you want more depth. We're talking we, – you you wrote that article today. Anthony DiScalfani available. Alex Wood available. Um, there was one more. All guys who are available you could probably get for not too expensive. So you want to talk about mm-hmm. cost-cutting and, and spending your money wisely if you're the Yankees because, once again, I don't care if I'm the Yankees. I'm not spending my money wisely. I'm just doing whatever I can to, to win. Yes, um, I'm insane. You, ha- you have three guys at the very least right now that you can – 37-man roster. Now you have everything to work with. Now you trade three more, 34-man roster. Great. Start adding people. But if you want to be nice to Britain, that's awesome. Nick Nelson's got to go. Clint Frazier's got to go. Miguel Andujar's got to go. They don't have spots on this team. They don't. Nobody's going to convince me they do. Nope. I won't be that guy. I I mean, Carlos Radon, Gray, um, Carlos Martinez, if you want to get crazy, is something I've been looking at. Alex Cobb. Yeah. That does feel like a twins bounce back. Dylan Bundy, that guy sucks. Um, that's just like, <laughs> these are the things you don't like. You sh- we just shouldn't be doing this week, November, Thursday, November 18th. I, as a Yankee fan who needs a championship infusion of talent, I should not be sitting here being like, Dylan Bundy could be had for $2.2 million. Like, no, screw no. me. That's a Chicago Cubs bounce back move. That's a twins nonsense. That's a Tigers fifth starter garbage. I, I would sign Carlos Martinez basically for free. Um, but I was much more into that idea before I looked at his numbers uh, like last night and was like, hey, my eyes popped out of my head like a, a wolf cartoon. I was like, I couldn't believe how bad it was. <laughs> um, so probably don't sign him, but maybe for the absolute minimum. That is it for this edition of the Inks Go Yard podcast, except for no, it's not. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'd be more than happy to answer. Give us a subscribe. I'm Adam Weiner, but you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. Thomas, where can they find you? 
at Tommy's Takes. And guys, pop into the chat too when we're live. Fun answering questions, fun putting you in the spotlight. Uh, makes everyone feel good. Keep the discourse going. Head on over to yanksgario.com. Plenty of content there for you. There will be a ton, hopefully tomorrow, because a lot of stuff has to get done. I don't know how many more times we're going to say it, but we'll say it again. A lot of stuff has to get done before 8 p.m. tomorrow. We will be writing about it. Head on over to the official Yanksgario Twitter account at YanksgarioGuard.fs. You can talk to us there. And until then, you'll see us face-to-face on Monday, but you'll be hearing from us article-wise, opinion, uh, op-ed-wise, over the weekend. So stay tuned, everyone. And I hope you're still here listening because, courtesy of McAllister's Deli, the one, the only, Nick Swisher, on his holiday traditions, I got him to give a pump-up speech to his least favorite side dish, which is one of the most fun things I've ever been a part of. He also dropped some hints about the only Red Sox player he hates and some surprises from the 2009 World Series Parade. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Nick Swisher. How you doing, bro? I like that sweatshirt you got on, bro. I had to. I wasn't feeling uh, I wasn't feeling the hat today. I have the hat in the other room. I went with the sweatshirt instead of the there hat. You go. There you um, go. Yeah, I, I mean, those are... Those are my bona fides. I promise you, you're talking to a diehard, and I'll, I'll bring up a couple of moments later. Uh, things I've been waiting to pick your brain about for like 10 years. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hit me, bro. I'm ready. I'm ready. Bear with me. Bear with me. But first, let's let's just learn. I'd love to know a little bit more about your partnership with McAllister's Deli for a holiday. So, just talk me through what you guys are doing. Oh, this is absolutely amazing, right? Listen, let, let me start it off by saying my wife is an unbelievable host, bro. Like, it doesn't matter if we're having. Christmas holiday, right? Thanksgiving, right? Anytime we can get the family together, whether it's having, you know, one of the minor leaguers spend the night at the house for a couple days, she's got like all the toiletries and everything laid out. So around the holidays, man, I knew I needed to step my game up, right? So I needed to call in the big dogs, right? So that's when I called McAllister's. I was like, guys, listen, I need some help. I need to learn all these tips and tricks that my wife already knows. Listen, McAllister's absolutely synonymous with unbelievable hosting, right? Cleanliness, their staff is off the charts, absolutely amazing. And so for myself, man, anytime I can work with great people, I want to do that. And McAllister's Deli are those people, man. So I'm really, really excited. We've got a holiday hosting hotline on November 24th from 4.30 to 6.30 Eastern Standard Time for anybody that needs any sort of help on the holidays. If you're hosting at home, listen, it's not all about getting 800 people together for the holidays. It could be four. It could be five. It could be three. At the end of the day, man, we want to help. We want to make your holidays the best ever. And teaming up with McAllister's Deli, we're going to make that happen. Amazing. We've got, you know, we got Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. Which one do the Swishers go more all out for? Like, do you host, <laughs> do you host one and not the other? Or what's your, what's your situation? Nah, bro. I mean, it's the Swishers, bro. We go big all the time, baby. You know what I mean? So <laughs> at the end of the day, man, you know, this year is absolutely a little more special than most. Uh, my birthday falls on Thanksgiving Day this year. So I'm really, really excited about that. But I mean, come on, any chance you get to have the families together. Listen, we've been away from each other for almost two years now. So to be able to have these amazing holiday feasts with our family and friends. I mean, I don't know about you, bro, but family and friends are all I have. You know what I mean? So to be able to have that closeness around the holidays, I want to be able to do what we can to help people and to also make you know, it a little easier, right? It's not always easy hosting, right? You got to make all the meals, the whole nine. So for us, man, teaming up McAllister's Deli, bro, with the recipes, you're able to use anything you want. Take some of their recipes, mash it up a little bit into one of your own, anything you want to do. Personally, what is your favorite Thanksgiving side dish and what is your least favorite? (laughs) Personal favorite side dish is Nick's world famous pasta salad, bro. Wow. Absolutely. What? Blow your mind with this thing. It's absolutely the most chunkiest pasta salad you've ever had in your life, man. I made it up, I don't know how many years ago, just chopping up a bunch of my favorite things, putting it into a pasta salad. Cause let's be honest, bro, who doesn't dig carbs in general. And for myself, bro, I can eat that stuff all day long. Favorite Nick's world famous pasta salad, least favorite. And thanks to my aunt Betsy stuffing, bro. Not my thing, dude at all. Maybe I'm scarred from earlier in life with the weight of the stuffing on my plate. I'm not quite sure. Either that or cranberries, bro. Boo on cranberries, bro. I can't make it happen. So wow. for myself, God, cranberries and stuffing are down. Everything else, bro, I'm all for it. That's uh, that's interesting to know. So cranberries very much down. Uh, I feel like cranberries are down in the dumps. Can you give cranberries just like a patented Nick Swisher pump-up speech right now? I feel like you're feeling bad. <laughs> 
Like, listen, Cranberries, hey, man, I know you're there. You know, we're, we're, we're with you, right? You may be down now, but you're going to be back up, right? We may not be the team that you need to be with, but somebody else is going to pick you up, bro. Wish you the best of luck. We're going to love on you for life, bro. Best of luck, Cranberries. Not in the Swisher house, bro. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so pick a pie out of these three. What's your favorite pie? Apple, pumpkin, or a shaving cream pie to the face from A.J. Burnett? Oh, bro, shaving cream pie from A.J. Burnett any day. A close second pumpkin pie. I miss my grandma so much, man. She made the greatest pumpkin pies on the planet. So, I mean, listen, I mean, I feel like a lot of the things that you know about the holidays branch back to the way you were raised, the way you were growing up, the way your family did holidays. And so for us, man, pumpkin pie was always such a huge thing, man. So we try and do our best to replicate my grandma's, but it never ends up being as good. That's amazing to hear, man. Um, and I'm sure AJ will, you know, like give way to the grandma's pie too. Like, <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, he won't be bummed if he learns that. So uh, let's let's talk about the Yankees a little bit. Let's, let's start off with the 2021 team. Um, and I feel like you're the perfect person to answer this because a lot of people who have never been in a locker room talked a lot about how this year's team was lacking energy or lacking chemistry. And we just don't know you were on an Oh nine team where sort of you brought the instant chemistry and the instant energy. Um, You know, so are people speaking from a position there where like, was there maybe really something wrong that we, you know, that, that can't be quantified or was it just, you know, was the team's energy up all year long? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I can't, I mean, the energy, I, I, I don't know if I can answer on the energy. I can, mm-hmm. I can, I can answer on consistency, mm-hmm. right? It was a very up and down roller coaster season, right? But also too, if you want to branch it back to the 09 season, we didn't really hit our stride until about middle of that year. And, you know, and, and with the new guys that came over, Rizzo, Gallo, all these new big names, like, you know, big personality guys, right? It takes a little bit of time to gel together. I could not be more happy to see Aaron Boone back in the dugout, bro. Mm-hmm. He's so great for those guys. I'm interested to see Louis Rojas, bro, is going to be a third base. Talk about a huge addition. He, I mean, bro, he's jacked, which means he's energetic, which means he works out, right? Like, need that. And I'm interested to see, you know, with, with the hitting coach and the first base coach, there's a, there's a real great opportunity to bring together a great staff to really be great role models for all of our players in that locker room. Listen, I mean, it's tough to get mad at a 90-win season, but we are New York Yankee fans, right? And we expect the best, right? We expect 110 wins, World Series, bro, every year. And at the end of the day, nobody changed those expectations because that's what makes the Yankee fans different than most, right? And so for me, listen, I I 100% agree. Uh, Listen, it was a tough year. There's no doubt about that. But don't lose the faith, baby. Like, listen, we got a killer offseason coming. Like, we got Brian Cashman still running the ship, right? Hal Steinbrenner doing his thing. At the end of the day, man, listen, I'm an optimist. I'm always looking at the positive side of things. I just think at the end of the day, man, you know, getting those guys together, uh, getting that camaraderie just a little tighter, uh, getting to know each other a little more, and that's going to come with time, right? Uh, obviously I think there's going to be some new faces come the 2022 season. Uh, I think we're all kind of excited to see what's going to happen there. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, the camaraderie that you have inside that locker room has to be something special. So listen, bro. I mean, I, I don't have any tricks to the trade, right. Or, or any sort of crazy pieces saying, this is what you need to do. Uh, I just remember back on the greatest teams I've ever been part of, man, the camaraderie was something that nobody could mess with. And as a fan, you know, you, and, and you bleed that pinstripe, right? You want to be in the locker room with those guys. Um, but listen, man, you know, being a Yankee fan uh, is something special, man. And it's knocking on that door, bro. We're going to bring a championship home soon. And 2021, 2022 could be that season. I, I agree with you. It is embarrassing how much passion I feel for the team, considering I have never been anywhere close. <laughs> but bro, that's what makes Yankee fans the greatest, right? Like they're part of something. And at the end of the day, right? If you feel like you're part of something, that's a special feeling, right? You don't have that for everything. And I think that the Yankees do such a great job of incorporating their fans and making it that Yankee universe, right? And making it tight and fit together, man. So, you know, listen, I mean, it's been a minute since we won, but we're going to get one here real soon, baby. We're going to get one. I agree. And I'd, I'd love to talk to you about my two favorite Nick Swisher moments of all time which I don't know. I'm ready, bro. (laughs) I wonder, I don't know if you're going to see these coming because they're the moments that really resonate with me. I've been meaning to ask. I mean, you know, I've been waiting my whole life to ask you about these, but I would love to get your insight. My, my second favorite Nick Swisher moment of all time um, was when you were at Fenway Park in 2012, down nine, nothing. 
to the Red Sox in that random April game. And somehow you hit a grand slam. You also hit the double that flips the score to 10-9. And that moment of you on second base, just basically tearing your jersey <laughs> off, looking at the sky, stuck with me forever. What can you tell me about that game, that performance, and what's going through your head at that moment? Oh, man, never felt that sort of emotion, right? Like, literally, if I would have grabbed my shirt, I would have ripped every button. Like, I, it was the moment in my life where I felt closest to, like, Superman or, like, the Incredible Hulk or, like, because, listen, bro, we're in Fenway. We're getting blasted on, dude. These guys, you know, fans are letting you know about it all day long. Right. I hit a homer off Padilla. Right. Which, I mean, you know, Vicente Padilla, bro. Like mm-hmm. that guy's crazy. Right. So hit that. Right. And then all of a sudden come back and, and hit that double off Alfredo. And it was just like, oh, my goodness gracious. You know, Jeet slides across home. I'm looking in the dugout. They're looking back at me. Right. There was such an energy going between 20, you know, 30 guys right there in that moment. And I just happened to be in the middle of it, bro. And something I'll never, ever forget. You know, listen, I mean, I think there's a gif out there uh, of me, like, just like, bro, pounding on my chest. Like, I felt like King Kong. Like, I was just invincible at that moment. Uh, But, bro, that's amazing, man. Bringing me back to that, dude. It makes me smile for sure. Because, you know, listen, man, those those things don't come along very often. And they definitely don't come along very often against the Boston Red Sox. So to be able to do it in Fenway when, bro, you could have heard a pin drop after that double for sure. So definitely a cool moment for me. Amazing. And I'm going to hit you with number one, too, which I think is something I'm sure you remember very well. You caught the second out in game six of the 09 World Series. And not only did you catch it, but you immediately turned to the right field bleacher creatures and sort of pointed like one more like you. It it was just so clear you knew your role on the New York Yankees and in the franchise at that moment. And you knew who to celebrate with. You know, you were about to celebrate with the teammates, but you took that moment with the fans, too. So talk me through that, like time slowing down the world series still one out to go but it's starting to feel real i i, I would have been nobody if it wasn't for the fans right I, I we are who we are because of the fans and for myself to be one of the lucky individuals that gets to share such an unbelievable relationship with the bleacher creatures as well as the rest of the yankee fans bro i mean even to today when i go back to new york and i'm walking down the streets bro i get random high fives from people all the time And I'm all for that, but I understand how privileged and blessed I was to be able to have that relationship, bro. If, if, if I wouldn't have had that relationship, it it, it wouldn't have been the same. Uh, But I think there's a lot of similarities between Yankee fans and myself, man, you know, going out there, just giving it all you got and just enjoying every minute because listen, man, every time I turned around, man, it felt like I had an army of people standing behind me every day. So to be able to have that sort of strength in numbers uh, can make an average Joe like me uh, turn me into something special. So to be able to have that, man, was something I'll never, ever forget, uh, a relationship that I hold so near and dear to my heart. And, and you never know, man. Like maybe one of these days I'm back in the dugout, bro. Who knows? Who knows? I ain't certainly not me. Um, you know, you mentioned we haven't had a parade in a while. You've been a part of the last one. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, do you have any behind the scenes stories from 09 parade day that some, somebody like me would, would kill to find out? Oh, bro. I mean, I, I, I bro, Adam, me and you, bro, we just the same dog. It just ended up happening that I, I was I on the squad, but I just remember walking up the steps and all of a sudden I kind of like bump into somebody cause I had my head down, turn and look up. Who was it? Bro. Jay-Z bro. Standing right there. I was like, Oh my God. Bro, Jay-Z was there. I mean, oh, celebs all over the place. I'll never forget one of the coolest signs was somebody had it and they said, I'd give, I'd give my firstborn to party with Swish. And that was the coolest sign that I think I've ever seen. And whoever wrote that sign, I never forgot it. We tell that story all the time. So, I mean, something you'll never, you know, you never ever think that you're going to be part of something that amazing, part of something that special. Um, but you I definitely take, know you didn't take the firstborn though. You you let them keep. No, the definitely get right back. You have it back, man. But we can party, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> For sure. But uh, it was just such an amazing time. Something that you'll never ever forget because, I mean, bro, it was raining. It, it, it was snowing in October, right? It was snowy paper in October, and it was absolutely magical. And can't wait to experience that one of these days one more time. No, me neither. I, I'll I'll wrap with this. Uh, you. This has been a total pleasure. You are such an impossible guy to fight with or, or get in an argument with. It seems like you hate no one. And during your Yankee career, the Red Sox rivalry was sort of on the back burner. So I just have to know, like, 
Are there any Red Sox from that era that you actually hate, or, or is it even possible for you to hate somebody like? That? Yeah, I, you know what? It's funny, bro. It's like uh, when you're playing, uh, you've got this big. At least for myself, you got this big chip on your shoulder, right? It's like it's kind of like you know you against them, and it's so competitive, and it's an alpha-driven sport in the whole nine, and everyone's trying to show like who's tougher and who's stronger. But bro, when you shut it down, like I, I'm softy, bro. I got two two little girls, bro. I, I'm hugging and loving on them all day long. You know, I would say if there was one person that I didn't really get along with very well with it, in Boston was John Lackey, bro. We didn't wow. quite get along well at all. But now that I'm retired, if I saw him walking down the street, I'd be like, hey, man, you were awesome, bro. Like, I loved our battles. Like, what an awesome career you had. Because, like, you know, listen, like, when you're done, it's like well, – I don't need to be that guy anymore, bro. I, I, I'm not. I'm not competing against anybody. I'm just trying to be the best version of myself every day. Amazing, uh, amazing insight. What a hang! You know, obviously you're <laughs> you are an you're even an underrated hang. You know, it's it's people are. <laughs> hey, bro, I appreciate that. Thanks, bro. Uh, Nick, thanks so much for hanging out. And uh, everybody, check out McAllister's Deli in the Hotline. Uh, give Nick a call so you can have the same experience I did. <laughs> Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.